What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really and truly hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world, principals, teachers, instructional coaches, assistant superintendents, superintendents, and even state commissioners of education. We go deep and talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education. Hey, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating, write a review, and share your favorite uh, conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by me. (laughs) The best way to support the podcast is pick up one of my books, Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, or Teachers Deserve It. They're all available on Amazon, and as you can imagine, wherever books are sold, and Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. And if you're an organization, school, district, county, service unit, conference, or company is having an event and looking for a high-energy, relevant, relatable, fun, down-to-earth speaker that just keeps it real and really connects with the audience, reach out directly so we can talk about your event and schedule something amazing for your team. Welcome at gmail.com or mradamwelcome.com for more information about speaking and also my other podcasts and blogs. All right, my guest for today is Tiffany Wright. She's a principal down in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, hey, the best way to connect with Tiffany, make sure, go to Twitter right now, T-E-T-E-Manual Wright. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. Awesome conversation just about school leadership and culture and just a whole host of other topics. And uh, I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Tiffany Wright. Enjoy. Tiffany Wright, welcome to the podcast. Well, hello. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. So this is your second podcast ever. We were talking before the show, everybody. And I'm like, Tiffany, what was your first podcast? And it was actually the Women in Leadership, NAESP. Shout out to NASP, my girl, Jessica Gomez, um, Andrea. I forget Andrea's last name. I'm so sorry. Thomas Thompson. Yes. We're talking about NAESP, Chicago last summer, Louisville this summer. It's, uh, it's going to be awesome. Tiffany, for the people out there that don't know who you are, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, where you live. Just kind of give us the lowdown. Certainly. Yeah. So currently I live in Jacksonville, Florida, which is the northern part of the state for those who do not know. So we're North Florida, Duval, as a lot of people refer to us as Duval. I'm actually was born and raised in uh, Georgia, a town called Warner Robins, which is central part of Georgia near Macon. Uh, So from there, I went to, I did my undergrad in D.C. at Howard University, the Howard University, the Mecca. Yay, Bison, go ahead. (laughs) Um, From there, I lived in New York for about five years where I did not work in education, where for five years I worked within communications, kind of the telecommunications industry, hotel, restaurant, you know, that chain. Uh, And then, um, you know, with life changes, as you know, things happen. And uh, with that, uh, made some adjustments and decided to come back south to be a little closer to family and have been here since then. And so even then, I didn't jump into education right away. I continued with my focus on communications and thinking that at one point I was going to, you know, be in front of the camera, maybe doing some broadcasting, that kind of thing. But as I continued um, as a trainer, educator at heart, 
uh, working in uh, technology, uh, one of our uh, partners happened to be my current district. And so through those connections, I decided to, 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 to certainly transition into teaching with the hopes of being a trainer at some point of, of teachers. And so through all of that, uh, after being in the classroom for maybe six years, uh, I moved into a reading coach position, did that for a couple of years, and then of course moved into an assistant principalship before, received my, my master's in ed leadership at that time. And then now I have been a principal for eight years. And yesterday, yesterday, I actually got word that I was accepted into a doctoral program at uh, George Washington University. So I'm looking forward to starting a fall core cohort, which will be to start, it'll be a synchronous um, online executive model. Wow. So, you know, which, you know, obviously given everything that we've come through, we're pretty familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, congratulations so, on um, being accepted to the doctor program. I mean, yes. for you, that's exciting. For me, I get nervous, but for you, that's congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm nervous too, totally. <laughs> now that it's like reality, I'm thinking, whoa, what did oh my I gosh. get into? Yeah. So, um, but I'm excited because um, the focus for this cohort is really where my grant focus has been, and that's in transform transformation and mm. inclusive practices. You know, working and focusing in on equity and anti-bias mm. um, yeah. leadership and teaching. So, so it aligns really well. But it's like you know, with our schedules, it's trying to figure out okay, where are you going to find that time? Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be the challenge is making that happen. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it and looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt. So we have similar paths. We were both assistant principals before we were principals. And I want you to talk right now, Tiffany, to everybody out there that listens to this podcast that is an aspiring leader. And they're thinking, you know what? I can just go right from the classroom to the principal's office, or maybe I can become a reading specialist like you. I was like a pseudo instructional coach, what we call mm -hmm. them in California, yeah. or you can go from an instructional coach right to the principal. Right. How beneficial was your time as an assistant principal in preparation for being the principal? Yeah, I would say, oh my gosh, I can't imagine being a principal without having, you know, that uh, time span of, of really just learning from other leaders and even going back to being a coach. Um, and I, I always say that as a reading coach, you're kind of a pseudo leader. Uh, you know, you, you work alongside the leadership team and with the principal and you take on some of those roles without everything on your shoulders, so to speak. Um, and so that's really where, you know, I started to kind of get that bug, like, hey, you know what, you know, I'm working with the principal, I'm kind of getting this, this looks pretty interesting, I think I can make a difference. And so, of course, during that reading coach period of my life is when I pursued the ed leadership degree, um, you know, the master's degree. And so definitely, I, I just, even then, you know, once I transitioned into the, uh, to the master's program, I couldn't see myself just automatically taking on in a principalship without having that time to, to really develop and cultivate and learn and, and really immerse myself within the, the, really the professional development side of it and the people side of it and really learn the process. And so even now, I mean, it's, it's a learning experience daily. Um, and then now we've got this new set of skills <laughs> due to the health crisis and the pandemic and having to relearn how do we continue what we're doing but at the same time, you know, maintain safety and order and to, 
take some of that uh, that fear away and we're you know we're not completely out of the woods but we're certainly learning how to to move forward and even then moving forward um with that going mm -hmm. on yeah so yeah, yeah i can't imagine not having that time to to really uh to align with my colleagues and, and to really uh learn how to certainly embrace and understand the work and impact um not only the students but to really grow other leaders and provide that collaborative uh, philosophy and, and environment. Yeah, no, same here. I, I, I was telling somebody the other day, I was thinking back to my first week as principal of my own school. And I remember thanking myself, Adam, thank you for being an assistant principal first, because, you yeah. know, nothing horrific was happening, but there right. was just the principal things happening with a parent oh, that wanted yeah. their kid moved and the teacher that didn't want to teach the grade level and all these things. Yeah. And he'd already kind of been exposed to that. Tiffany, right. who, who was the first person to believe in you as a school leader or that you could be a school leader? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you asked that because I never, ever imagined that I would be in this position of leadership. I always saw myself as a team player, which I still am, but never necessarily in that leadership role. And I would have to actually go back to my mother. I would have to think about the time, you know, I was in the classroom and, 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 and reflecting on where do I want to go from here? And I received a call from her one day, just sitting in my classroom after school hours, as we often do. Um, and she's the one who told me that there was an opportunity within my district for uh, uh, reading coaches, but to go into a turnaround transformation school that needed to improve and kind of get off the list, so to speak. Mm. And so, uh, so yeah, so that phone call really, you know, it was a pivotal moment for me. And then, as I said, uh, within that role is where I started to develop that belief that I could possibly move into to leadership. But as far as the assistant principalship and, and moving into the role of a true leader, my principal at the time when I was with the school as a coach, uh, he truly believed in me and, and saw in me what I, I guess necessarily I didn't see in myself. And so working so closely and developing systems and practices with him is where I really started to believe, hey, you know, I could actually do this. And, and of course, within my study, um, you know, that was certainly um, what I needed to, to develop that confidence. So, so yeah, so I never thought so at the time, but gosh, I'm just so happy that I was able to, to, to make that, uh, make that transformation. So, to speak. so yeah, no doubt. Shout out to mom. Thanks for, uh, yeah. thanks for believing in Tiffany. I was, my dad was my person too. And uh, it's yeah. just, it's, uh, I feel, I feel lucky to have those people have had yeah. those people in my life, you know, to yeah. be there. Tiffany, how do you prepare for your day? each day? Do you prepare the night before? Is it that morning? Uh, you know, like we were talking before the show, like, how was your day? Well, it was, yeah. it was pretty busy. I mean, <laughs> there's so many yeah. just, you know, moving parts, but how, Always. like, how do you prepare? Is it the night before the morning? Do you have a list on your desk? Obviously like Google yeah. calendar, just kind of talk through it. I think it really helps other people out there that are listening, take some of those ideas, maybe strategies mm -hmm. and maybe change mm -hmm. their workflow so they can right. prepare more, maybe be more efficient, kind of what have you. Yeah, and it, it evolves. It certainly does. And I think it takes when we were talking about, you know, just jumping into the principalship without that sort of uh, pre-work, it takes a temperament really to be able to handle all of those pieces and all of those tasks that are constantly 
you know, directed towards you to solve. And so, um, you know, each year I, I, as we all are, probably focus more so on mental health and self-care. We develop new ways and innovative ways to, to make it all fit. But I think initially for me, scheduling. I am a scheduling monster. I have to calendar. I have to, uh, you know, I'm a sticky note kind of fanatic too, but, but in terms of the calendar, I don't believe that I could function without one. And I'm all about color coding calendars, <laughs> you know? Um, and so if it's not on that calendar, uh, it typically does not happen the way it should. Um, so that's one component. Um, I've gotten better now at uh, utilizing my after-school time a bit more efficiently. It used to be catch-up time, but now I use that time to um, plan the next day so that I can leave and feel a sense of closure. Because what I did early in my principalship is, you know, I would use that time after school, and then you look up, it's five, and then you look up, it's six, and, it's, and you're like, oh my gosh, and I still haven't accomplished everything that I thought that I would be able to accomplish. So you have to develop those closure points where, you know, yes, after school, I may handle three tasks or two tasks, and then I'm going to close it out for that day and then calendar the rest. And so my calendar shifts quite a bit, you know, it's mm -hmm. on the calendar and yeah. it may just be reset for a new day, but it's still there. Um, and then how do I start my day? Oh my gosh, I have to start my day with affirmations. I have to start my day with prayer. I have to start my day with uh, just uh, calming myself, you know? And, and I had to learn, it took me a while to turn off notifications and to, to really shut down when I'm not within my building, you know? And, I, and it really took me a lot of time. It took me many years to learn that, even on vacation, you know, it was mm. hard for me to develop that disconnect. Um, and so, and I think I've learned now that that's so important, important for, for mental health and for well-being and for sustaining, um, and then for modeling that behavior, because we have teachers who burn out and teachers who feel like, you know, I've got to stay until it's done and it's never completely done. <laughs> you know, we have yeah. so much on the plate that we just have to determine what we can accomplish each and every day and then schedule and set deadlines prioritize because certain things are due obviously before other things. Um, and you know, that's, that's, that's how I manage. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So I certainly believe in the calendar. I certainly do. Yeah. And I heard no. something speaking of podcasts and I'm so sorry. Um, I was, no, no, go. To, I was, we were talking about the women in leadership and I was listening to one of the podcasts recently and something really resonated where, and I can't remember the principal, but she mentioned that, um, what she does, you know, in order, thinking about that time after school, she schedules things for her evening. So it might be, I have an appointment, a doctor's appointment at five, or maybe I have, you know, a, a dinner date at six or something, but she schedules things so that hmm. she's able to get out, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because I, I would find that if I didn't have anything, you know, obviously I have my family at home, but if I didn't necessarily have an appointment, after school, then I would find myself just sort of falling deeper, deeper into yeah. that hole of tasks without getting out of the task and going, moving forward. So. Yeah, no, I think that's great. There's got to be a barrier. There's got to be something to stop. Otherwise it will always be there. And like you said, the work right. is always there. And I think those, those, the small strategies I have found really add up to big returns. And if like, like you said, notifications, I mean, yeah. turning off, turning off your email 
in the parking lot from your phone. Like, why is your phone? I mean, Tiffany, I'll be on, I'll be podcasting with somebody and it's not my phone. It's their phone. Ding, 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 ding. And like, is that your phone? And we'll have a conversation. Like who (laughs) needs you that bad? And a lot of them are, you know, it's spam or it's CC or BCC. And if something (laughs) really, 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 really important comes up, that person is going to text you or they're going to call you, you That's know, like, and that to me is a barrier. Those, those things can wait. Tiffany, I'm curious. I feel like in education, we're really good at bringing things in new programs, new ideas, etc. But I feel that we're not so great at like getting rid of or sunsetting or fading things that are just tired or old or not relevant anymore. You know, it's like, it's like your home, like you've lived in the same home for 20 years and you've really never got rid of anything or not enough. And you can't even park the car in the garage and whatever, you know, what are your thoughts about that? And how do we, how do we make room for, to do more, but with less, I feel, I feel like we just have too much happening. What are your thoughts? So in the education sense, as far as the classroom is concerned. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classroom, school, you know, curriculum, programs, all that stuff. And I think with, you know, our district, a lot of, in terms of curriculum and core curriculum, you know, we have adopted curriculum that obviously we are using for the core instruction. But outside of that, um, you know, we as educators, we, we, we have systems all over the place. But I think that we do a great job of determining um, what's research-based, what is aligned with standards, and being unified in what we utilize on the day-to-day. So we're not so much resource and system heavy. We know what's expected as far as core curriculum that all of our tier one students should receive but then as we uh, venture into small group instruction, that's where you know, it might be a plethora of resources. But if we utilize standards and we ensure that uh, that resource aligns accordingly with our current standard, if it's reading or math standard, then that's a way for us to streamline that system. And so sure. I feel that we, within the past maybe four or five years, we've done a better job of that so that you see the consistency and kids are consistent because like most districts are, you know, our children, they're quite mobile. And with that, we want them to be able to, if they change schools within a district, they're able to streamline that learning and still be able to uh, pick it up and continue, you know, with great instruction. Um, But it is hard to let go because, I mean, almost what is it, three to five years, you know, districts will change, adopt something new, something better. Um, but if we can stay focused on the standard at hand, then the learning is then uh, more efficient and authentically brought about to our students. So yeah, I agree with that about kids going from school to school and just the articulation piece it's just yeah. it's so important i mean with with adopted curriculum and you know and everything else it's uh it's vital tiffany if you could choose one person mm-hmm. alive or dead to spend the day with that's mm-hmm. not a family member yeah who would it be and why oh my gosh i'd have to go with my forever first lady and that would be michelle obama okay i just had some podcast and they said michelle obama as well 
no I'm getting, way. I'm getting chills right now. Yes. Okay. Go. She Why? Is, Why? Oh my yes. gosh. She's go my rock it. star person. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. 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 If I could, I don't know if I'd be able to speak, but I would certainly <laughs> want to learn from her, just take her in and maybe even work with her. That would be my dream opportunity to be able to work with her on some project or initiative. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm excited because I know that she and, you know, her husband, you know, that guy, Mr. Obama, <laughs> they're working on um, a uh, Netflix series on um, national parks. Oh, and so yeah, my I family, saw that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And so I responded via tweet. Um, you know, didn't get a response yet, but I'm waiting for it. But yeah, but my we have gone to, oh gosh, so many. And so that's kind of on our list of cool. trying to accomplish getting to as many different parks. Um, even when we were right before attending the uh, conference last year, we were in San Francisco and we took a road trip up to Yosemite. Oh. And so, um, so we've done Yosemite, we've done Yellowstone, we've done Glacier Park. So I was super excited to, to see that she's- uh, Yeah. No, yes. Shout out to uh, the, the former. So, shout out to the yeah. former first lady. Have you been to Zion, Tiffany? No. Oh, I was just no. in St. George, Utah, for a principal conference, and uh-huh. a principal took me for like a half day afternoon hike into Zion. Okay. And let me tell you, I've been all over the world. I've been all over uh-huh. this country. Like the topography was nothing like like, like I've ever seen before. Oh, wow. oh so awesome! And Bryce. Um, Bryce is not too far. It's a a few hours, but um, super easy flight into Salt Lake City. Then you can hop down to St. George. I, uh, oh, nice. I highly Yeah, I haven't it. personally been to Bryce Canyon, but my son's have. My son's uh-huh. have. So yeah, I would love to do that. But yeah, yeah. that sounds, the name alone is inspiration. <laughs> 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 Tiffany, part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? I just want to um, encourage... Uh, inspiration. You know, let's let's inspire others. Let's uh, continue to inspire ourselves. Um, continuously reach for goals. Uh, we always, we oftentimes talk about being lifelong learners, but we truly need to live that and, and really realize that. And if we have things that we want to do, opportunities that we have maybe somehow delayed because of you know life or family, make time for it. You know, and right now I'm going through a pivotal period myself personally, you know, with starting the the doctoral program. And one thing that I did not talk about because I haven't made it clear to my district is that I am looking at some new opportunities with another district. And so, um, so yeah, we don't stop doing, (laughs) continue to learn and grow, um, build confidence in oneself. part of uh, the the confidence code is the book study that we're focusing on with the uh, Center for Women in Leadership. And um, and I don't know if it's just uh, exclusive to women, but oftentimes we are putting ourselves second, third, fourth, and then we kind of come back and we circle back and we think, okay, maybe I'll find time for myself, but find that time. We can be everything to our families. We can be career-minded and focused there, but we can also um, celebrate ourselves. Um, and so uh, with that is, you know, finding that opportunity, focusing in on it, setting goals and achieving those goals and, and just don't stop, you know, don't, don't let age be a barrier. Don't let, uh, you know, uh, any life event be a barrier. 
but find find time and and, and calendar it if need be. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So I say go and do. If you want to do it, do it now. Yeah. Use the strategy of calendaring. Can you call Stacy? Welcome, my wife, and tell her to please <laughs> tell her to please take more time for herself. That on her off days she should be playing tennis and doing yes. things. No, while you're yeah. talking, I'm thinking about one of my favorite books of all time, Where the Crawdads <laughs> Sing by, by, by Delia Owens. And yeah. I don't know if you've, I don't know, I don't know if you've read that book. It's uh, no. where, where the Crawdads Sing. It's absolutely okay. amazing. Uh-huh. And Delia Owens, her publisher printed 28,000 copies. And the Ooh. first, the first year it came out, she sold 3 million. It's being made into a movie with Reese Witherspoon. And oh. I'm telling you all this because Delia wrote that book when she was 70 years old. No. So Tiffany, to Stop. your point, oh. it's never too late and you're never no. too old or you're never too this or too that or whatever it is. And there might be obstacles and there might be some barriers, but you can push through them and you can go around them or under them or get some help to, you know, maneuver the situation. And I just, I just love that advice because you can do it too. You can, and it might, it's going to look different than maybe what you thought or what you see out there, but it can happen in some format. I guarantee it. That is wonderful. I will certainly check that book out. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Where the crawdads sing everybody listening right now go to twitter t emmanuel Wright w-r-i-g-h-t make sure you follow tiffany on twitter she's active uh super inspiring i'm going to link it in the show notes as well t emmanuel Wright, tiffany Wright, uh, principal in florida Correct i'm excited <laughs> yeah down the road next year or two we're gonna see where your path is and uh we're yeah. gonna get you back on to uh to talk about that and i'm so happy that, that so happy that you were the um your second podcast was on the school district so thank you for making time i appreciate it and um with that being said if you have not signed up for the louisville conference this summer naesp.org i know it's on your to-do list everybody sign up get to hang out with tiffany get to hang out with myself so many amazing school leaders and people to to just connect with in Louisville this summer. So um, it's going to be awesome time. Everybody listening, thanks for all you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. Thank you.